Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That's Bram Weinstein on ESPN 630, but on the other side of the coin, with all due credit to the amazing job by Ron Rivera and the Washington football team, the Pittsburgh Steelers lose their first game of the season, but they wake up this morning in first place overall in the AFC, even though both they and the Chiefs have (laughs) one loss. The first tiebreaker is conference record, and to this point, the Steelers are still perfect in the conference. Their loss came to an NFC team. The Chiefs lost to the Raiders. So right now, by the thinnest of margins, even though both teams have one loss, the Steelers still reserve the number one spot in the AFC playoffs. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Long, former NFL star, podcasting superstar, will be here at nine minutes. And the legendary Roger Staubach will be here at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. It's Army-Navy week. We'll talk with him about that on the Shell Pennzoil performance line at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. So, Steelers, first loss. They play the Chiefs when it matters the most for a trip to the Super Bowl. Let's say everything stays on track. Fingers crossed we get there. Can the Steelers beat them? You know, first of all, the Steelers need to hold serve, right? They need to not put themselves in position and not have that buy. Um, They haven't shown me in the last couple weeks really anything that indicated to me that they have the better offensive power to beat the Chiefs. They, they've lost several players uh, this last several weeks and into the beginning of the season on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and so I think when you look at Dupree, who just got hurt a week ago, you look at losing uh, Devin Bush earlier in the year. It, 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 so those are key ingredients to what they do on defense. And I know T.J. Watt is still there and, and – and, you know, Haywood is still there and they got uh, Mika Fitzpatrick in the, on the back end and Joe Hayden. I just feel like from that second wave, that linebacking core, they're missing some stuff. And when you miss some stuff, it's hard to make up that when you're going up against a team like Kansas City. Kansas City loses to the Raiders, and I've always said this, and I'll continue to say it. The team out of the AFC, regardless to what seeding they wind up being, if they make the playoffs, will be the Raiders, will be the kryptonite to Kansas City making it to the Super Bowl. Because they know him, the division, and Kansas City lost to him earlier and then struggled to beat him the second time around. I, I think multiple teams can beat the Steelers. I still stand by my comments yesterday that I think the Browns with Baker Mayfield playing at the high level. Granted, he played the best game of his career the other weekend. Uh, I think they have a legitimate chance. I thought the Washington football team had a leg- legitimate chance. They proved that last night. Not having James Conner, I think, hurts him. It makes him one-dimensional offensively. You saw this in the last two games where Big Ben has dropped back and thrown over 50 passes. He hasn't done that throughout the entire regular season. They usually have a great combination of both. And Look, I, I think the Steelers team is still really good. They will still be there. I, I, I think it's going to be another tough game for them playing the Bills on Thursday. Another short week. The Bills are one of the most explosive teams, too, and that's the thing that worries you about the Steelers. Would they have the explosiveness to stay with teams like Kansas City or the Buffalo Bills due to the way that their offense has been a little bit volatile? You know, and and when you look at Pittsburgh, you would think and hope that they were not looking ahead to Buffalo because it was was just weird. It was a lot of drop balls that was out on the field. I know Ben uh, had 50 attempts in this game. When you think about it, because James Conner's not there right now for them, that the running game has somewhat stifled and Beanie Snell's tried to do best he could in in a reserve role and situation. Um, But if you catch the footballs, you could continue to advance Mm. 
the sticks. If you keep dropping them, then you're not going to advance the sticks. Been a problem the last two weeks. Yeah, you you, you can't continue to drop. You are professionally paid wide receivers. You have to catch the football. You, You just do. One drop every four or five or six or eight games is acceptable. But six and seven in a game is not acceptable. Mm. Mike Tomlin had his team routinely winning their first 11 games. And then something went off kilter routine-wise. You know, we just got to make routine plays routinely. And I say that often, but there's a lot of truth to it. You know, we got to make routine plays routinely. And we're not making them routinely enough right now. And so it's, it's, it's affecting our fluidity as a collective group. Word of the week. Routinely. Routinely. <laughs> I want to mention this. This is a quirky little stat, but it's a little fun. I want to pick up the uh, feelings of the Steeler fans. It might be a little down this morning. This is kind of fun. I know every year is independent of each other. I got you. But this is the third time the Steelers have been the last unbeaten team in the NFL. The 11-0 to going to 11-1. If you're a Steeler fan and you need to pick me up this morning, the last two instances, the first two where they were the last undefeated team, they made the Super Bowl each of those two years. Wow. In 2010, they ended up losing. In 1978, they ended up winning. So perhaps a little bit of history if you're a Steeler fan to enjoy this morning. I also just want to pay a lot of respect to the Washington football team. I mean, think about Ron Rivera. Think oh, about Alex point. Smith. Some of the adversities that this team has had to face in the midst of all this. And Ron Rivera obviously getting let go of the Panthers, coming to the Washington football team, going through the renaming, going through the sexual misconduct and how everything happened with that within the organization, dealing with that, uh, going from Dwayne Haskins, making that move to Kyle Allen, and then going back to Alex Smith, battling back from injury. The the storyline is just incredible. And I know Ron expected this team to be better, but ultimately uh, they're blossoming at the right time. I mean, New York just went on the road and beat Seattle. And the Washington football team just went on the road and beat the Steelers at home, where when they're up 14 points, they're 78-1-1. Wow. 78-1-1 when they're up 14 points. They pulled off that feat. I think it speaks volumes about the organization and Ron Rivera and Alex Smith. Riverboat certainly has gone through a lot in the last 12 months. There's no question about it. Jay And mentioned, cancer, I'm sorry. Jay mentioned. Forgot to mention that mentioned the firing plus everything in his personal life plus having to deal with the organization of Washington getting trying to get the organization going in the right direction without all the negativity and then you go out on the road and you beat a Pittsburgh team and Alex Smith much like Jay said bouncing back from uh, two years of absence in the National Football League to give them some sort of energy and jolt. You could tell the bounce of the players when Alex Smith took over at the quarterback spot, and you could see it last night in the game that the players are – it just feels different. And the interesting thing about teams like this, it's not, as as you would say, Zubin, tongue-in-cheek. It's not not a situation – indeed. It's it's not a situation of always where you start. It's where you finish. And teams get hot at different times – throughout the course of the season. And Washington, along with the Giants and a couple other teams, when they start to hit, that's all that really matters. You know, our Super Bowl team that we won uh, when we beat the Raiders, offensively, we sputtered along throughout the season. We were okay offense, nothing great. But toward the end of the season, you could see once we got ready for the playoffs, our offense was getting ready to take over to match our defense. And once we got in the playoffs – whether it was against the 49ers or the Philadelphia Eagles, sorry, Pat, we opened the link and closed the vet. 
because our offense had kicked. We went down to San Diego, and you saw what we did to the Raiders in the Super Bowl, but we hit at the right time. Something that you could clearly see the Giants as well as Washington is doing. That's fair enough. We should also say from 1990 to 2020, so over the last 30 years, what does 11-0 really get you? Any team, not just the Steelers. So in the last 30 years, eight teams have started 11-0. All of them made the playoffs. No surprise there. Six of the eight made the Super Bowl. Three of them won it. The 2009 Saints, the 1998 Broncos, and the 1991 Washington football team. Stats Incredible brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. I, I love media. We find stats for everything. It's amazing. If they have been 12-0 and, and then lost, like, guess how many teams actually went 12-0 and, and then lost and won the Super Bowl? We well, just, we or, find or, it. Or you could, or you could, you don't even have to go 12. You could say teams that have gone 11-0 and or better. Or better. Ah. ah. <laughs> Cut down the search. We should mention the Giants at this point, even though Washington did pick up a big win yesterday, the Giants still have a better than average chance to win the division at 56.4%. Part of the reason for that is that the Giants swept the Washington football team during the regular season. So that game in hand is very important for the Giants. They're going to host a reeling Arizona squad. Meanwhile, the Redskins, yeah, excuse me, the, the Washington football team is going to be taking game. on the 49ers. So that's important to note. It's important to note just because even though, even though it looks a little tight, ah, the Giants rain. have a chance. Rain on Sunday. How rain cold on is Sunday? it? How cold is it? And by the time kickoff, it'll probably be about 45. Uh, okay. Real quick, before we talk to Chris Long, a Super Bowl champion, about what's going on with the Eagles, the team he ended his career with, the uh, son of Howie Long, the great Fox broadcaster and the great Raider legend. We got a little Tuesday night football, by the way. Oh, by the way, the Cowboys are playing today. Do you think any show we've ever done where we've gone three hours and ten minutes on a day the Cowboys have played and not discussed them? They got the Ravens tonight on Tuesday night football. I think you're tired of discussing the Cowboys, right? What are you going to say? I mean, it's like the the story in in this particular football game is – the, the, the pandemic, COVID, Lamar Jackson, Ingram, they didn't play against Pittsburgh, laid off. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting ready to bounce back against the Cowboys. Cleveland's taking over. That's the story. The story is not the Cowboys. No one just like, yeah. Yeah, you're not talking about them losing 41-16 to to the Washington football team. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> last time we saw them was when? Turkey Day? I mean, like. Come on. Mm-hmm. Saw them for real or saw them? <laughs> There's a distinction there. Fly, Eagles, fly. Let's fly into our next conversation. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
That's Mike Greenberg with probably the most instructive question of all. But before the Eagles and Howie Roseman, the executive VP, and Doug Peterson and their quarterbacks can turn the page, they still got to finish off 2020. They got the Red Hot Saints coming into town on Sunday. We'll wait to see who they're starting officially, but I think we all know the way the tea leaves can be read there. We've got a two-time Super Bowl champion, Chris Long, joining us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Of course, Chris, a champion with the Pats and the Eagles, the son of Howie Long. He ended his career... In Philly, got a Super Bowl there, and the Greenlight Podcast. If you love podcasts, sports podcasts, sports and more, definitely download it anywhere you get podcasts. Great listen. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for being here. First things what first. What up, C? What up? <laughs> What's up, guys? How are y'all? Good, you? Man, I'm not bad. It's better to be on the couch right now than uh, playing for the Eagles. That's for sure. <laughs> From your vantage point on the couch and in the podcast studio, um, yeah. what should happen here with this team here in the next five or six days? Well, I'd be interested to, to hear what Key has to say about it as well. Uh, but I um, I don't think you can go back now. And listen, I'm a fan of Carson. I, I don't think he's the 2017 guy every year because that, that put him in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. But I don't think he's the 2020 guy either. So this whole conversation is framed by personnel. How are you over the cap more than anybody but like the Saints next year? And this is the personnel you got. So – frame the whole conversation with the fact that the personnel is cratered, that roster's cratered. They've done poorly in the draft. Uh, and then they go out and, and grab a kid in the second round, who I feel bad for Jalen Hurts because he's in a crappy situation too. Um, but there's no going back now, right? Because, you know, here's your opportunity to evaluate him. Because what you're trying to find out in Philly is, is it the offense or is it the quarterback? And I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's a lot of both, right? They're, they're sharing a lot of, you know, responsibility but now you got a chance to to go prove why you took him in the second round and I don't want to hear in a month that well it's you know he's young he's a rookie so we got to wait and see like no everybody's on trial right now and uh rookies have performed um, unexpectedly well this year with no camp and this kid's had a while to learn so I'm expecting them to be better and if not I'm gonna be looking at the personnel and the offense look Howie I mean Chris Jeez. Look, Chris. Who, who I wish, Chief. <laughs> who, who deserves the um, – I mean, if you want to pick, place blame, point the finger, like who deserves the most? Is it the coaching staff or is it the front office that handed the coaching staff the roster? Well, I think right now, like I said, the whole conversation is framed with the personnel problems they have. And I think Howie would tell you they haven't done a good enough job. You know, Howie Roseman, so – um, I look at that team and, you know, listen, I've been called a Carson apologist before, but I've also been called like I was, I hated Carson. I love Nick Foles. I, you know, like fans can't make up their mind here, here. Here's the deal. I like both those guys a lot personally. I think Frank Reich and I think, uh, that offensive, you know, kind of, uh, meeting of the minds in 2017 was really special. They had flip there too. Those guys have all gone their separate way, right? You know, like Nick Foles, everybody said, we'd be better off with Nick Foles. That was like the argument from the anti-Carson people. And now they look stupid, right? No one has be able, been able to recreate that magic. And in 17, we had leadership. We had uh, veterans in the locker room that came in on one, one two-year deals. We had myself, LeGarrette Blunt came from New England, Patrick Robinson. Uh, you had Torrey Smith. All the veterans were hit on, right? Joe Douglas was there. Joe Douglas was grabbing some guys. Since then, the draft picks haven't been great. Um, you know, you, 
people made a big deal about the DK Metcalf thing, you know, DK versus JJ Ortega Whiteside, you know, uh, Dillard has been hurt. Uh, and when you make a, a pick for a quarterback in the second round, what you're saying is that guy's going to play. When you're making that pick on a team that's not, you know, enjoying an embarrassment or riches, like you, you pick a developmental quarterback in the second round when you're really good, right? So I, I think the entire conversation first has to be framed with this is a cratered roster. And that's why I said, like, trying to be fair to Carson, like, yes, you know, I got no problem with them switching quarterbacks right now. I said that on my podcast yesterday. I mean, it sucks to see a buddy get benched, but we've all been benched or cut, right? Unless you're really lucky. It, it, this was a fair situation to give the other kid a shot. But I'm afraid uh, with Carson, you, you can't really fully evaluate who he is, and I'm afraid you won't be able to evaluate who he is in Philly uh, ever again. I think, I think it's going to be one of those situations now where it's going to be Doug or Carson because I can't see a situation where both of them are there in 2021. And I, it sucks. I, I like them a lot both, and the situation is not fair with the personnel, but that's where we are, right? It's going to be the offense or the quarterback. It, 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 that's what it sounds like to me. Chris Long, not Howie Long, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will. Better and looking, Key. Yeah, be- better looking, I know. I yeah, right. Good. Let me ask you this, though, about Carson Wentz before I hand you off to J. Will. Um, yeah. Is his confidence, you're hearing that his confidence could potentially be shaken. You've been in the yeah. locker room with him. You know him. Is his confidence shaken right now? Well, it's funny. Maybe yeah, I, I think it is. I, I th- I think his confidence is shaken. I think it's understandable. I think sometimes as former players, we do this thing where we're all the most mentally tough people in the world. Nothing would ever get to us. And I was a real mentally tough player. But, you know, the things he's been through, uh, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. But, you know, 17, the ACL, you got to watch, you know, a team that you gave home field advantage to uh, get quarterbacked by a guy who gets red hot and who's, you know, magnetic. Nick Foles is – I was in St. Louis with Nick. I make no bones about it. I love the guy. He's one of the best leaders I've ever been around. You know, Carson's got a higher ceiling than Nick, uh, but Nick got hot and Nick gets the statue. And Carson's a good team guy. He was great through that whole process. He comes back too soon in 18. He shouldn't have been playing in 18. His back was messed up too. And then in 19, he took a bunch of crap, but he was throwing to guys that, you know, are shadow pictures on the roster, you know, guys that he's just meeting every week. Uh, and not, it's not to take anything away from these guys, but you know what type of guys he's throwing to last year. And, this year, the offensive line falls apart, so he's getting crushed, and then he's holding on to the ball too much because he's seeing ghosts. I mean, he can't get his eyes down the field um, and look at the rush at the same time. That that instinct is gone. And then on top of that, you draft the kid, and, and now he's benched. So that that's why I would say, like, listen, it's just been a it's been a litany of things that have affected this kid's confidence. And you can't expect – because people be like, well, it didn't bother Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT, man. He's one of the GOATs. You know, Carson's not one of the goats. So if you want to maximize a kid's potential, um, you know, uh, you probably don't want to wear down his confidence. And that's where we are now, though. Chris, we watched the Steelers lose last night to the Washington football team. So who poses the biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC? Well, I still honestly, I still think it's the Steelers. I mean, you know, it's funny. We do this thing with the Steelers. Had they won that game last night, you know, are we all just – lamenting the fact that they they win close games and they win ugly now it's like the sky's falling the chiefs played a tight divisional game uh you know a couple nights ago i think the chiefs sleepwalk a lot too you know i think the chiefs get bored um and i think the chiefs need that bye week more than the steelers because i think the chiefs are so variable like i think when james connor gets back 
And when that run game, if they can figure that out a little bit, they're going to be able to play complimentary football just fine. I think they match up with the Chiefs okay. Um, but the, if you remember Kansas City last year, what did they do their first two playoff games? They spotted Houston three three scores. They're lucky to get out of there. Thankfully, they're playing Bill O'Brien. Um, and then the next week, they spot Can- uh, Tennessee, who's really dangerous to get down to, uh, two or three scores again. So Kansas City kind of plays with fire, man. They're, they kind of live dangerously. And if you got to win four to get there and they sleepwalk one of those days, um, I really think um, I really think they could use the buy. And right now, Steelers still have that tie break, I believe, because it's it's about uh, conference record. And uh, Kansas City's one loss is in conference. Where well, uh, they got lucky and lost to Washington. Last one for you, Chris, real quick, if you could. Um, Key mentioned your father. You said you're a little better looking than your dad. I've been watching your dad on Fox since 1994. Your dad has not aged one bit. I mean, all the other guys on the set, right? Your dad is not aged one bit. No, you know what? You're right. Yeah, he, you know, because he doesn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so wait, I got so- no shot because I, I got I to gotta have fun on the weekend. Who, who wins in the contest between me, you, and Charles Barkley drinking beer? Who wins, CL? Talk me to it. Oh, man. We, we've almost uh, had this competition a couple of nights. You know, it was, it was, that was a bucket list thing for me to, to, to rip some shots with Chuck. So, uh, you know, that was pretty cool. But I'm, I'm not saying I can go toe-to-toe with Chuck, but I like my chances with just, just about whoever. I'm still, I'm still young, and I still got the star <laughs> in my belly. Zubin, take him down. <laughs> I'll be in the corner with my O'Doul's. Okay. <laughs> Chris, thanks, man. It's a great, great listen. His podcast. Uh, I listened to the other one the other day. It's about a buck thirty-five an hour and thirty-five minutes of solid football. He has shorter versions on. Mm-hmm. Heard a twenty-four minute version the other day. He just has a unique view of the game as a recently retired player, and I would encourage everyone to check it out. The Green Light Podcast. It's a pleasure to have a two-time Super Bowl champion join us this morning on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. Chris, keep up the great work. All right, CL. Great, great right, talking but, to y'all, man. All right. Okay. All right. Great stuff. Still to come from one two-time Super Bowl champion to another, the legendary Roger Staubach is next on the day where the Cowboys are playing. Seems apropos. That's after Jay has this from Straight Talk. It's time for some straight talk. Look, we all drop our phones. It happens. You fumble it, crack it, splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless now offers this new Platinum Unlimited plan that includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and data, plus 20 gigs of hotspots and 100 gigs of cloud storage and more, all in the best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. You know, we have had some legendary, and I mean legendary, guests on this show. It's an honor to sit here. I mean, I'm just a sports fan. You guys were fans and turned into great athletes. It's an honor to sit here and talk to some of these luminaries each and every day. And right at the top of the list is our next guest, the Pro Football Hall of Famer, the two-time Super Bowl champion, and if you're too young, and all three of us are, for our next guest, before there was a Dak, and before there was a Romo, and before there was an Aikman. And he's a huge entrepreneur, which I'm a fan of. Yes. Huge. 
the business of sports, which we'll get into. Before all of those legends, there was the legendary Roger Staubach. It's Army, Navy Week, College Game Day is going to be there. Roger, a tremendous college football player at the Naval Academy, which we'll get into. It's a pleasure to have you here uh, this morning. Uh, The Cowboys are playing tonight. I mean, you watch the Cowboys as closely as everybody, uh, as anybody, I should say. Um, What do you make of tonight's game here against the Ravens and everything they've sort of gone through this season, Roger? Well, I still am... uh... So I'm a big Cowboy fan, and it's uh, that uh, the Steeler game drove me crazy. You know when they uh, they they really played well against uh, their especially their defense. The, the way that the way it started out this year, our offense really was uh, we had the new receivers, and of course I'm a I'm, I'm a Dak fan, so I, I was hoping that Dak would uh, would make it, and uh, he, of course that injury really I think has been a factor and. There's a few other offensive people who've been hurt, but the offense has really uh, slowed down, and the defense has, has played pretty darn, pretty darn good. So, uh, right now our division is—I mean, that's crazy. I've never seen anything like that. But you know, I was pulling real hard last night. I couldn't believe it for the Steelers, you know. And I'm thinking they got to beat the Redskins for our division, and uh, you know, the Redskins won, and the uh, the Eagles are falling apart, and. The Giants now have turned it around, so 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 Dallas has to win tonight. I mean, they they just have to do it to to, to maintain. They they really will be still in the hunt, I think, for the this the, the division is as weird as it is right now. But uh, I'm still pulling for them. I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm. I mean, if you talk to my wife, uh, you she'd say, "Oh, well, I tell you, he he doesn't yell ever except when the Cowboys are playing." <laughs> Roger. So I'm, uh, Roger, uh, yes, sir. how you doing, man? Keyshawn. Is Keyshawn? Yeah, yeah, how you doing? Good. Good. Let yeah. me ask you this. How how come the Cowboys have struggled in the past or even now to regain that Cowboy magic? What, why the struggles? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it's a uh, – the people keep – loving the Cowboys and it's, you know, either you love them or you hate them. So you're, you're popular, the Cowboys and never, you know, it's, um, there's, there's, there's something there. I think it started back with coach Landry and Don Meredith and, and all the, all the, you know, back in the old days. And we, in the, in the seventies, we had some good, good seasons and, you know, uh, and then you have, uh, Emmett and Troy and, you know, we, uh, I, it, I'm, you know, I've got a lot of friends that uh, either they really hate the Cowboys or they they love them, and they they call me and say, "Hey, Roger, uh, man, what's wrong with those Cowboys?" <laughs> or they call me and say, "Hey, we're glad the Cowboys lost." So, uh, so I the Cowboys are very popular, and uh, um, I, you know, I I just uh, I'm, I'm you know being being a guy that played for the Cowboys, I you know I'm I'm a I'm a fan. <laughs> When you when you look at the Heisman Trophy, how important is that award for the the individual that receives it? How prestigious is that sitting in your room? Considering you won it in nineteen sixty three. Well, it it uh, it really represents. You know, I told the sixty three Navy team. I you know when I got the Heisman, I said I want to I want to chop it up and give each one of you a piece, and and that was in nineteen sixty three. And every time I see anybody. Uh, and I get up to Navy week, we get together sometimes. They could, Hey, where's, where's my piece of the Heisman trophy, you know? <laughs> and, 
and and really uh the 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 players that that 63 team we had we were nine and one we, we uh lost one regular season game and then we we lost to texas in the uh they, they were the number one team in the country we were number two so we we really had a good year and we had a tough schedule we played michigan notre dame uh pittsburgh west virginia so so we really were at the you know it, it was a great year and uh and the heisman became part of it in in our team that 63 team really relates to the Heisman as being part of the team, which it is. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And, and now I keep it at my house and I kind of kid, uh, you know, people that, Hey, I, you know, I won the Heisman trophy or, you know, <laughs> but it, 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 it's a team effort. And, uh, that 63 team we had at Navy was really, really a good football team. And, you know, I was proud to, to, to uh, win the Heisman on their behalf. Roger, some of my best friends went to the Naval Academy. What does the Army Navy game mean to you? Well, it, uh, when you're a plebe there at the Naval Academy, uh, if if, uh, if Army wins, you're in trouble. And if you're so you pull, so you learn right away that we're pulling, you know, we're pulling for uh, for our, our school and Navy, and that and it's going to give us some, uh, you know, some some freedom uh if we if we win that game so it it begins with with the play gear all the way through uh of course i had a chance to play in the game in 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 the 62 game you know we president kennedy was there there's a there's a hundred thousand people it seemed like that every game when we played in philadelphia so i think it represents our military our men and women that are you know fighting for our our our, uh, on our behalf in this crazy world. And we, we, uh, you know, we, so we relate to the, I think to the military. And so a lot, a lot more people like watching the game because they know that these are the leaders of, uh, of, of, of our future in the military. So the game is, I mean, there's something about it. Even before I went to the Naval Academy, I, I really always in the, in, the, in this was in the fifties, especially when I was growing up, I, I, I could not wait to see the, you know, I, I couldn't wait to see the army Navy game. And I think it's still true that this, this, you know, this week it's going to be at, at West point and uh, it's, it, you know, it's a real neat deal there. They got this special program going on now, the army Navy house.com. It's a, you know, it's a photo that shows your army uh, and, and, or if, or if you're an army or Navy fandom or if uh, you're, you know, that it's, uh, they, 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 talk about their favorite army or Navy memory. And of course I remember the 62, I hope, I hope some people remember the 62 army Navy game. We won 35 to 14 and I don't like to talk about it, but uh, you know, I did run for two and pass for two. That was, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I, I, I was, I was a sophomore and that was, that was the thrill of my life. I, I was more, well, you know, the Super Bowls are nice with the Cowboys, but uh, so was that victory over Army in 1962, my first Army Navy game, uh, 35 to 14. So, there, there, the uh, USA is is having some a lot of fun with the Army Navy House sweepstakes for for this game. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm really looking forward to the game. It's at, at you know first for the first time it's at West Point this year. Indeed, I mean I'll- this. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah, college game day is going to be there. Real quick in our final minute, Roger, um, just tell us a little bit more about why you're joining us today. There's a bit of a special occasion to all this. Well, 
I'm joining. I've, I've been a, uh, when I graduated from Naval Academy, my mother bought me a, uh, she, she worked at Chevrolet. So she bought me a used Chevrolet and, uh, and my insurance person was USAA. So, so I've, I've been a USAA forever and they have just grown like crazy and they're, they're, they are really big time supporting the military and the army Navy game is a big deal for USAA. And they asked me to, uh, be part of it and I, I'm proud to be part of uh, what's going on at, the, the, at this year's Army-Navy game and uh, on behalf of the USAA. I know you have to run. It was an honor to speak with you and we'll watch Saturday for the latest installment of one of the greatest spectacles in sports, Army-Navy, a bucket list for so many. Roger, thank you so much. Thanks. I can Thanks run a little bit, not as fast as I used to. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Thanks, Roger. Last thing I just want to say here, I mean, Heisman Trophy winner, two-time Super Bowl champion, the face of the Dallas Cowboys, the first real quarterback face of the Cowboys, spent his entire career there. You would never know it. That was one of the most humble guys. You would never, ever know he accomplished some of that stuff unless we had to, like, extract it out of him. You know that win, the year I won the Heisman? Yeah, that was fun, and I wanted to give a piece of the trophy to every guy. When guys have that sort of attitude, maybe it was that, that, that era back in that day, um, when the military in at, at that time, what he did to do at the collegiate and the pro level, that was really just a little, swag, a little swag came out in him. At, at the end, yeah, though, yeah, I did score know, two like, touchdowns. Yeah, I, I did two hundred <laughs> yards. You know, I, I did my thing. I also <laughs> love how he built his business off his career, a real estate company that he sold for six hundred plus million dollars. Wow, Roger Starback. Wow. I mean, he gets a lot of attention for his awards and that, but. That aspect is what we always push athletes to do. Mm -hmm. So impressive. Even James Harden finally thinks that's a lot of money. On the way, why today should be celebrated throughout Major League Baseball. It's an important day today, but seemingly nobody cares. We'll get into that next on ESPN Radio. Sean, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Here we go with one thing before we let you go. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Just want to... Answer the poll question this morning. You guys have weighed in. This is your question. You get the final say. Who's the MVP, Mahomes or Rodgers? And by a slight margin, 53% have said Patrick 
Mahomes. So a little tick from earlier. Mm. Yes, up 1%. At Money Backus says, take Rodgers away from Green Bay. They aren't even a playoff team. Take Mahomes away from Kansas City. They're still making the playoffs. Interesting. On the other side, Jason underscore Stank me. Thanks for hitting us up. Both have been great, but looking at each other's team's weapons combined with injuries and time missed. A-Rod hasn't skipped a beat. Doesn't matter who you put out there. He makes them better. Keep weighing in. KJ and Z on Twitter. Always appreciate the feedback you guys and gals are giving us. Ravens-Cowboys tonight. The only storyline that I can even think of besides Baltimore trying to save their season is Des Bryant facing his old team. That could be a little interesting. We'll see what happens with yeah. Des. It may be old news. Two years ago. Two years right. ago. Yes, you're right. He was on the practice squad for a reason with all those numbers. So today, essentially yesterday, but today's really the official start of something Seamheads baseball fans used to love, and it's the Major League Baseball owners' meetings. This year they were scheduled to be held in Dallas. They're not going to be held in Dallas. They're going to be held virtually. Instead of people talking about all of the big free agents, the super agent Scott Boris walking in with the throngs of media around him, what's he's going to say? He's going to give the state of baseball address. This is why players should be paid. This is why the owners are bad. All of those things that used to be such a spectacle at some of the grandest hotels and resorts in the world are totally, totally passe. Think about this last year. You love the business of sports. Last year in a three-day span, in a three-day span, on one day, Steven Strasburg signed for $245 million. Mm. The next day, mm. Garrett Cole blew him out of the water for $324 million. The next day, Strasburg's old teammate on the World Series champion Washington Nationals, Anthony Rendon, signed for $245 million with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. In three days, those three guys pocketed eight hundred. million. $14 million. Wow. This year, the owners' meetings have begun and nobody's talking about it. Part of the reason is that the class is not as good as the three guys I just mentioned. But part of the reason is the real value in sports is how much somebody talks about your sport when you're not playing. When NFL free agency starts, key, you know this, it might be 48 hours, it might be 72 hours, but for those 48 hours or 72 hours, think back to Peyton Manning signing, think back to Tom Brady signing. They held the sports world by a grip. Brady, even he was getting oxygen during the pandemic when he signed. The NFL free agency proving the NFL doesn't have to play to be big. Jay, the summer of Durant, the summer of LeBron. There are people that will tell you the NBA is almost as interesting when they're not playing as when they are because of all of the drama, all of the intrigue. I'm not saying that baseball is dead. No way. Baseball made $10 billion of revenue the year before the pandemic. How much money is that? Yes, it's a lot of money. Think about this. The NFL makes $15 billion. So for every three bucks the NFL makes, MLB's making two bucks. And if you think about the chasm and the gap between the NFL and Major League Baseball, that's pretty remarkable if you're Major League Baseball to be within two-thirds of the NFL when the NFL mm -hmm. is so much more popular than baseball. But here's the point. Baseball was the only sport that used to own the offseason. Fifteen years ago, nobody was talking about NBA free agency. It was discussed among the intelligentsia, but no fans were talking about it. 20, 30 years ago, nobody was really gathering around the TV for NFL free agency. Baseball owned it. They called it the hot stove. All the guys that are moving, find out. Baseball's hot stove, who used to be in first, with zero competition from the other sports, is now light years behind the NFL, which only lasts a few days, and the NBA, which could last for weeks. Cautionary tale for baseball. It's fine. 
But when you have your biggest stars available to sign and nobody cares about it, it's a huge problem. Yeah, I didn't know until you brought it up. Huge problem. And, you know, winter meetings in the past for me over the last, you know, six or seven years have always been interesting because of the Dodgers and L.A.'s basin. But until you actually brought it up, I would have just, month of December, I would have gone right by it because it's not even being talked about. Yeah. Two things. Number one, I love story time with Zubin. (laughs) Story time. No, are you kidding me? I learned something at the end of our show every day. I always learned something. I didn't know about the hot stove in about 30 years ago, and it makes you start thinking about the increase of media and how you start diving into some of these other sports. But I will tell you, it's been interesting. I think the pandemic really offered Major League Baseball an opportunity. Now, there were some, I I think, um, potholes that they fell into with negotiations and things of that sort that ended up being a red flag, but learning about guys who are exciting baseball players like Fernando Tatis Jr., right? Like there are guys that have taken over the baseball world that you're actually starting to recognize their face with the sport because people were home watching it. Whereas, I I don't know, it it seems like there is a chance for it to have an uptick in the swing of notoriety. Don't you feel that way, Kenny, a little bit or? No, not really. No, as long as they allow people to be themselves and continue to have fun in the game because that's where the world is going. This the everybody's not all buttoned up and tight anymore, right? I mean, it's just the reality of it, no matter what business you're in, whether it's here at ESPN or other uh, networks, for instance, or other sports, everybody is like, we chill, we loose. Before, everything was like, oh, well, it had to be this way. It had to be that way. How are you doing? It's not like that anymore. And I think if baseball get out of that era of no fun, then people will gravitate toward it, and you will learn more about the fun players in baseball like a Tatis. I will tell you, shortening the game makes a world of a difference, too, because we all have short attention spans around here, and I think that helped drastically. Yeah, speak for yourself. Uh, key. Yeah. No, I, I work with you every day. Spot on. They're trying. We're presented by Stop Progressive trying Insurance. trying to talk about others. <laughs> the last thing I would just tell you before we get to uh, real quick what you think is going to happen, Ravens-Cowboys, the average viewer for Sunday Night Baseball, our marquee game of the week, right? Sunday night, everybody's watching, really no other first pitches around it. The average age for that is upper 50s. If you want to get the next generation, Key, your kid, he's eight. Jay, you have a, uh, a kid, old. you're about to have another one. Yep. If those ever, those people ever want to watch baseball, baseball's got to do something to uh, basically say, we want you to watch, not the guy that's in his 50s that's been watching forever. Any business needs to evolve, and if baseball doesn't evolve, it's going to be a bad spot. Well, that's why the Mookie Betts of the world and the Judges of the world and, and the Tatis Juniors of the world and Machados of the world, it's all about, and Bryce Harper's, it's all about having fun. Right. It's okay. Don't be afraid. It's fine. Right. They're not going to take your baseball away. It's okay. As they say, let the kids play. That was baseball's moniker a couple years ago. All right, tonight, do the Ravens save their season and their postseason hopes for the moment? Yes, I think they, they, they should beat the Cowboys. But the moment that I say that, the Cowboys will go out there and put 80 on the board. and I mean, it's just like, but they should. They should. Lamar Jackson with the rest off and, and Ingram with the rest off and, and the team as a whole, I think they bounce back and they win this football game. I could be wrong. I think the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys may get one tonight. I just, you know, I know both teams haven't played for a while. I just think it's going to be an ugly game. Both teams haven't played for a while. I mean, Cowboys haven't played since Thanksgiving, and obviously the Ravens coming off Lamar Jackson not playing for a couple of weeks. Indeed, Jay called it yesterday at the Washington Football yeah. Team. We'll see if another yeah. NFC East team yeah. can pull a stunner tonight, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Okay.
Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. 